Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Vikings, the November 15th edition. These Vikings are 6-4 and four after a 1-4 and four start, are in fantastic position for playoff jostling. They own wonderful tiebreakers and have an 86% chance of reaching the postseason, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. Now you should start looking at the Vikings through a lens of it would be weird if they collapsed and didn't reach the postseason. That's how much they're on the driver's seat. Accordingly, I'm here with Bryant McKinney, Sal Spice, Sal Spice, excuse me, and Ron Saw to talk about these Vikings at six and four. We're going to talk about Josh Dobbs, Anthony Barr, and get into Broncos week uh, with Jeff, Justin Jefferson questionable ramping up to play possibly this weekend or the Monday night after that against the Bears. So let's get right into it. First, however, uh, BetOnline.ag, the last of the major pro sports leagues, is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for all of your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code B L E A V, believe B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Believe in Vikings is here on a five-game winning streak, if one can believe that. As soon as the team's best player, Justin Jefferson, was hurt in week five, they decided they were going to start winning some games. So I've got Bryant McKinney here with me tonight. Sal Spice. We think Ron saw us showing up. We'll we'll figure that out shortly. Well, let's get into some of this stuff. You weren't here last week, Sally, because you went to go watch a Timberwolves dub, another team that refuses to lose. It seems, based on your social media footprint, that you are now genuinely excited about the Josh Dobbs era. You even told Fox 9 about it. Is this Case Keenum all over again in terms of how you feel excited, or what do we got? Uh, that's given it's given that vibe to me. Um, I'm surprised I haven't heard more people make the comparison, but I, I think the last time I was on the show was, uh, what was it? The day after he got traded mm-hmm. and didn't really move the needle for anybody, of course, but I think anyone who knows me knows that I love a backup quarterback journeyman more than anybody out there. So, um, <laughs> I fully embrace the Josh Dobbs, um, story for sure. Brian, this dude has seized the city. Uh, he's only been here for a little over two weeks, traded for on the Halloween deadline. And, you know, beforehand, it was Kirk Cousins' team. He was the QB1. And it, Kirk right now is an afterthought, for better or worse. Are you surprised at all that a backup quarterback who was kind of a journeyman could just swoop in and almost feel like a savior? Um, Not really. I feel like he's... Being a backup, he's probably fresh, but it also gets his reps in at practice and now is in a position to, like I say, seize the opportunity. Now, you you know, with preparation, they say meets opportunity is goal for success. So mm-hmm. he's been pretty successful. And I felt like even his first week coming in and winning New Orleans, and um, that was only like with four days of practice, I would mm-hmm. like to give him more time to get familiar with his receivers. I don't think he even, even knew everybody's name that first week. Um Give him more time, and he'll get more comfortable, um, you know, with the guys around him, and he'll, you know, get even better. So I feel like he'll get better with 
with time. And then, you know, for a lot of people, you know, that are playing against the Vikings, they have to now get familiar with him too. So they got to get familiar with his style too. So it kind of is a, a two-way street. He's going to get better, but then now people don't know what to, you know, expect from him. So they have to learn him and how he operates as a quarterback. Sally, I've been kind of preaching to anybody that will listen now. Now that we've seen back-to-back productive games for Dobbs, even if he has a turd on Sunday or he has like two picks that are mind-boggling, I think he's earned enough clout and respect that, you know, one bad game doesn't mean, oh, here we go, this guy sucked all along. I think he would need to string together two or three nasty performances to have it be a flash in the pan. Because when you watch him, I hope I hope you agree with this, he doesn't look like just some backup getting lucky. No. Not at all. And I think it, it was going to say a lot about how he came out this Sunday. Like, was it all adrenaline? Was it all because he wasn't expected to go in? Right. So it was like after a week of of the situation he was in, which he was NFC player of, of the week. He was the Nickelodeon most valuable player. He's the background of NFL's Twitter account. He, I mean, talk about going, I mean, has anybody ever risen to stardom that fast? He's mentioned at least every hour on ESPN to have that much going on and to still be able to play like he did and not let it get to his head, I think said a lot. And um, yeah, I'm with you. He's obviously got a lot of credibility. I think it's, oh gosh, I've said crazy. I don't know. I've said crazier things before. I was just saying, I don't think it's likely he just goes out there and falls apart. And, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, he's not going to play perfectly all the time and I'm sure he will make some mistakes along the way, but um, I think he has built credibility pretty fast here. Yeah. The way that I look at it is even if like the first drive Sunday night, he throws a stupid interception. We had some of those with Kirk. We had mm-hmm. one or two nasty Kirk games for years. So I guess I'm, I'm, Placing the expectation, I think Dobbs is here to stay to be at least an entry level QB one. And then if he has a QB whisperer like Kevin O'Connell or, you know, Kyle Shanahan, one of those types, I think that he can, you know, be in the mix for one one of the, you know, like a top 15 type quarterback. Uh, I, I'm really excited that it doesn't feel like this is just like, you know, oh, two good games from some guy nobody had ever heard of. Well, what's even more impressive about him that I don't think enough people are talking about is there's no Justin Jefferson and there's no KJ Osborne, <laughs> you know, for this last game, neither of them at all. And then the game before that, I mean, he lost KJ for what, half the game. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's f- figuring out how to, how to, you know, um, connect with the wide receivers that aren't, I mean, like Brandon Powell that aren't as experienced and as good as them is really unbelievable. You also have to say, you know, good job to other guys who were stepping up with with losing your one and two receivers with KJ and Je- Justin Jefferson. They're doing a great job too, kind of like picking up, you know, the slack. And like I'd always told you, when somebody goes down, like other guys around have to pick up the slack and help, um, you know, the team, you know, get a win or whatever. So they're finding ways to do it. So as a team, they're finding ways to win with um, without their like key guys. I'm going to ask you this, Bryant. And I've asked you questions similar to this in the past, so bear with me. Justin Jefferson goes out for five games. Kirk Cousins lost for the season. Marcus Davenport is out for at least five games. Cam Akers tears his ACL. Jordan Hicks is headed to injury reserve. It doesn't seem to matter. It's like, oh, that sucks. Next guy up. Does that mentality or their ability to succeed when all of these dudes are falling by the wayside due to injury... Does that surprise you from a player's perspective? Is it the coaching staff? Is it the depth on the roster? Um, it's a combination of the coaching staff. I think it's the depth on the roster, but also, like I keep saying, is 
these guys have been in these backup positions. So once you get the opportunity to get out here and become a starter, you need to take advantage of it. Because like I said, whether you come back again next year or not, or another team can now look at what you've been able to put on film and they'll go get you and pay you money. So you have to have, you have to put, put it on film and have a resume. So they need to take advantage of these opportunities that they're getting right now. These guys are down and these may be the, you know, the, the main guys, but they're down. So you have to step in and make it seem like we have not lost the step. Sally, it's seen, let's see, when we were doing this show, when things weren't going well, even Ron seemed a little sour on Kevin O'Connell, maybe his play calling. And I think some of the sentiment, probably national, is like, oh, last 2022 was this big lucky season. They were fraudulent. And now he's shown his true colors at one and four. But now O'Connell has fundamentally turned it around almost with a skeleton crew. Are you more excited than ever about O'Connell as a head coach after these last five weeks? Um, I mean, or do you just kind of think like, well, do you basically believe what we have seen in the past month, month and a half is who he is, the status quo? I just think it's so unbelievable for them to go 0-3 with the roster that they had. Yes, they were playing teams that had a little bit more talent, but who would have ever guessed that that these injuries could have happened and that they would have been able to turn this around? So that has to have a lot to do with Kevin O'Connell and how he has connected and coaches these guys that aren't the big household names or first round draft picks. So I think, um, yeah, he he's doing a great job. I, I think that we all probably were frustrated with some of the play calling in the second half and how mm-hmm. um, the Saints were able to almost come back because it was so um, conservative. Although, you know, we knew that they needed to run down the clock, but it just seemed like it it was just like enough already. Like, let's make something happen and put this away. So I don't think, you know, it's a, the story is over and we're like, oh yeah, he's, he's, um, (laughs) because I think Dobbs is also making a lot of stuff happen that, that wouldn't have otherwise. But yeah, I think he, I see a lot less people talking crap about him this way. I see a lot of people campaigning for him to have coach of the year, which is interesting. Yeah. He has the fourth best odds right now behind Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel. Ooh. And there was one other one that I don't have on top of my head, but he's right up there. And this was after six weeks ago, some fringe websites had him on the hot seat. And, you know, I was like, that's eh, not going to happen there, yeah. gentlemen. Uh, no matter what really happens, he'd probably get another audition. I think what happened in the second half is that conservative turtle in a shell play calling uh, was exacerbated by the fact that these Vikings can't run the football unless it's Josh Dobbs making Herculean plays. Uh, I think there's hope for Ty Chandler maybe being the solution, but that's the one thing right now that separates me from getting 2017 level excited is they really can't run the football right now. And if you are up 27 to three, in theory, you should be able to kind of play that Zimmer style of football, Dalvin Cook, run the ball, move the sticks, and then escape there maybe 34-10 or 34-17. But they 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 tried to run the football, and it flat out didn't work. And I think it's just a little bit of serendipity that Alexander Madison might be out this week with a concussion, and then you'll you'll see proverbially what you have in Ty Chandler. Uh, Bryant, when well, Jeff- who else are who else are they going to rotate in? Uh, it would be Kanayan Wangwu, Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Yep. I mean, <laughs> what we're asking for is basically some human body to get about four yards per carry. Like, you know, just right. average, like we don't want them to slam into the line of scrimmage on first down, boom, second and 12 every single drive. I think we, we just want yeah. something average. We're not going to get 20, 20 Dalvin Cook. Uh, that, that ship has sailed. But right now, that's the only real reason that I'd be like, well, they're probably not going to get Dalvin Cook. Where's he at? 
He's with the Jets. He's an RB2. Okay, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. They started the season with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook uh, in a true committee uh, with the split carries. But then Brees Hall very quickly uh, showed to be a lot more productive. So Dalvin gets a handful of carries per game. Brian, mm-hmm. how much how much does the Vikings offense change when Justin Jefferson is back this Sunday or the following week when you have a new quarterback? Is it only going to be beneficial for Dobbs or does it make it a little goofy because Jefferson's going to command so many targets through the air? Um, it's going to make it beneficial because now defense have to prepare different for um for Justin Jefferson. So that should create people being open more. He'll probably get double teamed a little bit more first coming back and then feeling like he's a little more fresh. Um, so it should make his job a little easier. Um, cause you have such a, you know, high profile guy that is coming back in. I mean, he was the number two overall, you know, in the NFL as far as ranking. Um, so it should make his job a little easier. Um, and he can still target those other guys, you know what I'm saying? And when he mm-hmm. sees the opportunity for Justin to be open, you make those plays then, but don't force it. Yeah. One of the silver linings or unsung parts of Jefferson being out, which Injury has sucked. The play, <laughs> the wins have not. Is that we've? I think we figured out that Jordan Addison is a WR one in the making. We we had a feeling that you know he drafted in the first round looks pretty good the first few games that he could eventually get there, but in a pinch or on some other football team, Jordan Addison I think by this time next year could be the guy because he has filled in tremendously for Jefferson. And then by the way, TJ Hawkinson in the middle of the field to the tune of 11 catches, 134 yards. It's always weird to me how a tight end, especially a guy like TJ Hawkinson can just get drilled over and over again. And his fans were like, get up, come on. And if that, if that was happening to a wide receiver, we'd be like, Ooh, gosh, he's going to be out for a couple weeks. But with, with I think because he's a bigger guy, they, <laughs> they feel like he can take a little more of the collision. Yeah. Well, he's, he's taken up. He was totally upended. I think it was on a third quarter catch or second quarter catch. And it seemed like every, every time he got smacked and you could just see him grimace and the guy's a tough son of a gun. Uh, one big note, Sally, that fell out of the sky, even for uh, guys and gals like us that follow everything so intently, is that Anthony Barr is rejoining the Vikings after Jordan Hicks hits the IR shelf for about a month. Hicks is eligible to come back against the Lions on Christmas Eve. We'll see how his compartment syndrome goes. But Anthony Barr met with the Eagles on Monday. That was reported by Mike Garofalo of NFL Network. And about 20 minutes later, it was like, boom, signs with the Vikings, Anthony Barr. So I know that you were a bar fan in a in a past regime or past life, Sally. Do you like the reunion? Do you think it'll net dividends? I like it. I think it's even more interesting because he wasn't a part of this regime. So it you know they were obviously very hesitant to like keep anything old um, as far as you know culture and stuff goes. And um, you know bar is separate from that. But I thought it was interesting that they um, went after him. And yeah, of course, I'm glad. I'm glad that he's back. Um, we maybe would have a party for him if we didn't have to celebrate Josh Dobbs um, every second. But I, I, yeah, I think it'll be good. And hopefully, he. I mean, it's a kind of a bummer. Kendricks isn't here because how cool would that be to have them back together? Um, but yeah, totally a surprise. So he's going to be wearing Kendricks's number if that helps for. Is he? Yeah, fifty-four. <laughs> I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, he he texted him or called him and asked for permission, and Kendricks was like, "Well, of course, <laughs> what oh, are friends well, that's for?" That's a great story. Oh, yeah, I'll have to look that up. That's great. 
Yeah, he was asked about it today. So it won't be Anthony Barr number 55 because that's Andre Carter, undrafted rookie's fo- uh, not phone number, jersey number. Uh, but he will be in 54, which is his homie, college roommate, college teammate at UCLA, Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks wears number six for the Chargers for anybody that cares. Uh, but Bryant, <clears throat> Anthony Barr played for the Vikings for eight seasons. He left at the end of 2021, which is when Mike Zimmer left as well. Is it a surprise to you at all that a uh, seasoned veteran would come back to his old team, even though it's a different coaching staff altogether? Uh, and Randy Moss did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. So, no, I don't think so. Um, it's familiar for him anyway, far as the locker room, everything like it's, it's familiar. So, like, people like to come back to something they're familiar to, and he pretty much knows a good chunk of the players in the locker room. So, it's just probably just couple schemes that may be different for us on the coaching side, but it's something he can adapt to. So it's easier to come back to something you're familiar with than having to go somewhere else that you got to learn the areas. It feel like it's a lot going on at one time. Sally Barr was added to the practice squad, which is a little bit goofy. I mean, we presume that he was signed for a reason. They also have Brian Osamoah on the roster. He was not active last week because I think of an ankle injury. Nick Vigil is there. Troy Dye. Um, in the next four weeks, do you presume Anthony Barr or Brian Asamoah will get more defensive snaps, if you had to guess? Oh, oh gosh. In <laughs> the next four weeks, you mean yeah. combined? Yeah, because that's how long Hicks is out. Uh, gosh, I think I'm going to go Asamoah. Just Asamoah. Gosh, I pronounced that wrong. Uh, just because... He's, well, God, I don't know. It's a tough one. You're <laughs> asking the tough questions today. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to play it safe and say they're going to be about even. E- equity? Yeah. About that's even. Fair. Uh, Brian Flores <laughs> said today it's basically up to Anthony Barr how he progresses this week at practice to determine how much he plays on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good opening salvo to say, like, yeah, he's definitely going to get in there. And the cool thing that we know intimately about Barr is you can stand him up as a inside linebacker. You can put him on the edge. Zimmer would send him up the middle through the uh, A-gap for, to blitz. So in theory, if he's still got, you know, some left in the tank, he should be a perfect fit for this Brian Flores defense. He should be. I think they're really going to just test to see how well his condition is. Mm-hmm. Um, just like when I first came in from um, when I was holding out, I had the option to sub in and out when I wanted to on certain series. And they'll probably give him that like to see how he feels. Like my first weekend, my first week playing, mm-hmm. I could sub in and out when I wanted to. And I kind of like. Maybe so that like one time and just like I need to stay in here and deal with this, you know. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on how he feels. And you know, defense, they rotate anyway in, in, in their positions. So it'll probably be up to him how he feels, like yeah, I can go this series or whatever. So he'll probably set himself up to, you know, to be in the best situation, you know, make himself look good if I was him. You know, so if you feel like you're not ready to go back that series, you know, let Osmar go in and then you go in when you feel good and just just build your um endurance up. Barr played for the Dallas Cowboys last year and played about 620 defensive snaps. So it's not like he had a year off or he's rusty or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, indeed, his conditioning will be put to the test. He is 31 years old now. Um, but, you know, it's a, a Vikings team that's somewhat similar to the one he left. It's probably got about maybe a little less than half of the same guys. The big names like Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, Justin Jefferson are still in town. So, yeah, it was a, it, it was a reunion angle. <clears throat> That really increases the 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 vibes 
if indeed this season turns out to be magical, A, because we weren't expecting it whatsoever, and B, this is just kind of the stuff that happens when a team is rolling, and that's certainly what the Vikings are doing right now. Sally, before we get into a little Broncos chatter, uh, I want to ask you about the D. Did you have something to say, or did you? No, um, the dog knocked over my my little Josh Dobbs here. <laughs> that replaced the candle? <laughs> this is the new candle, yeah. So um, this is a galaxy light for anyone who can't see it and is listening. So we can put it in the tailgate tent and have oh. it be outer space. Oh, that's what that is in the background. That's fantastic. Yeah, but it's an actual astronaut. Yeah. And he has a jersey <laughs> on the way. Oh, really? Just so, like a yeah. Do you have to make shift? It's a, it no, really? it's a dog X small, but it's personalized. So Okay. The interstellar <laughs> Josh Dobbs. Now. I'm very into Josh Dobbs. Anyone who's not aware yet. <laughs> I think with the NASA jacket. Yeah, I've got it. It's the... loud and clear. Yeah. All right. Before we talk about the Broncos, Sally, I want to ask you about this defense. So in the first three weeks, the Buccaneers, Eagles, Chargers, Brian Flores' group ranked 26th per EPA per play, uh, which is t- seventh worst in the NFL. In uh, From weeks four until now, uh, they have come up into the top 10. They, they rank fourth best in that time frame. So it's like they fundamentally flipped a switch. To me, I want to see if you agree. Now, when the defense comes up out on the field, for the most part, I trust them. I, I I can feel it in my bones that you know they're they're equipped to deal with pretty much any offense. To it, I mean, they showed that they could keep the the Chiefs somewhat contained even in a loss. Now the defense isn't as good as 2017. Probably not going to get quite that good. But do you too have a comfort level after this winning streak that hey, this defense is for real? Yes, and I think at the beginning of the season we. Um... We talked about, do we think that this team, this defense could crack the top 15? And I think Mm -hmm. we all were kind of like, I don't know, that's kind of a stretch. It's just night and day difference from Mm -hmm. the beginning of the season already. So, yeah, I have a lot of confidence in them um, as well. And again, they haven't been playing excellent quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and, and, um, you know, Derek Carr. I don't know. I wonder if Carr would have stayed in if they would have even almost came back, though, because it seemed like Jameis kind of gave them a little um, <laughs> bit more to work with. But I am with you that I think that they are trustworthy and um, they're just getting better and better. Yeah, I don't know that Carr would have made those hero ball throws, <clears throat> the two that Winston did that just so happened to be fantastic touchdown receptions by Chris Olave and then A.T. Perry with his first career touchdown because those were perfectly defended. Um, so <clears throat> I don't know that Derek Carr will, uh, would have had the cojones to make those throw, you know, but bless right. Jameis's heart. You know, the good comes with the bad or vice versa. Uh, he started throwing picks down the stretch and correspondingly, the Vikings won. Uh, Brian, let me ask you, you were on a lot of Vikings teams that had a stellar offense, you included, but a shitty defense. And then you went to the Ravens and had both a good offense and a good defense. Does it make all the difference in the world as an offensive player when you know there's a sturdy defense on the other side? Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, being on the Vikings, I remember we scored like 31 points and the defense to give up 32. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, um, you just find yourself in situations where you try to give, you know, put up a lot of points and keep your defense off the field or whatever. But yeah, if you have a, if your offense is really good, you usually at least want a decent defense. Mm-hmm. But like at the time, our defense was like kind of in the, like the bottom half. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're like in the top five offensively, you want a, a defense that could be, a defense could be like somewhere between 10 to 12. Like, and you're okay because you know they can 
post something down a little bit. But, um, yeah, it just makes them more confident. You know, you're trying to, like, protect your defense and not have them on field for a long time. So you want to have long drives and things like that to give them time to rest. Yeah, I'll point out that the once Childress got there, uh, you know, he's not beloved on the show. The defenses did improve, but during the the Tice mm-hmm. era, the, uh, it wasn't pretty often uh, at, at times, anyhow, for the defense. And then, you know, especially in 2009, when pretty much when Jaron Allen got there, the defense turned the corner and was mm-hmm. a pretty good unit. All right, Sally, let's talk about some of this Bronco stuff. This might surprise yeah. you. I don't think the Vikings are going to win this Sunday night. I think that uh, I never quite understood how the Broncos started so terribly or gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. That was mind-boggling. And I think they're a pretty talented team. I don't like Sean Payton, but I recognize he's a decent coach. I think their luck temporarily runs out. I think the Broncos will find a way to win by about three. Are you going to disagree? What do you think heading into this Broncos weekend? Well, I was just thinking, what a missed opportunity that we didn't have Chris Thomason on to preview the Broncos. <laughs> uh, but. Um, what was I going to say? I It's so interesting. If you would have asked us both a month ago, I think we would have said, this team is going to get, fl- this game's going to get flexed out of Sunday night. Mm-hmm. No one wants to see this. This is terrible. And now they're both on these hot streaks. <laughs> so um, it's, it's pretty crazy. I think it's going to be a nail biter and I'm with, I mean, I could see it going either way, but I think the score is going to be tight. Um, it could be what's the spread have they said yeah it is the broncos by two and a half okay yeah i i could see it going either way um greg joseph's greg joseph hopefully doesn't get put in a situation where he has to win a game yeah i was telling uh yannick eckhart who's been on this show before i don't trust greg joseph anymore um he's he has been great down the stretch of games and clutch but uh i flat out i don't have it in, i mean it's and it's not like a big indictment of him I knew he was going to miss that field goal. I just knew right. it. Even though it was 52 yards, 54 yards, I knew that wasn't going to go in. And uh, I, I long for the days when Ryan Longwell, somebody like him can return where I had complete dependability. Uh, but uh, this whole offseason, I was ho-hum about whether they should bring Joseph back. They ultimately did. Uh, but you can put this guy down the record that he might make some game-winning kicks and great all the power to him, but I don't trust him any longer. Do you? Are you a little bit more optimistic than that? I haven't probably trusted a kicker since, <laughs> like you said, Ryan Longwell. It's they've all they all go through these things, and I think um, Joseph last year it was the missing the extra points all the time, and somehow that never came back to bite them. It almost did um, earlier this year, mm-hmm. but it hasn't. And so, no, I mean, I think all the ones we've been through, Kai Forbath, even um, Dan Bailey was good for a minute there, mm-hmm. maybe a year, and then he fell apart, and we all know the Blair Walsh story and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I think it's pretty much been since Ryan Longwell since that we could count on anyone. Yeah, and that guy was money from everywhere. So mm-hmm. uh, props to him. Uh, Bryant, what do you think? Broncos are four and five. Russell Wilson has kind of turned it around, playing pretty well. The Chiefs, in, what are they on? Three-game winning streak, beating the Packers, then the Chiefs, and then the Bills, You know, beating some of these storied franchises. Do you like the Vikings' chances on Sunday Night Football? I'm still, is it in Denver? Yes. Um. Yeah, I still like their chances. I know it'd be crowded. It's going to be extra noisy because it's a prime time game, and then the altitude thing. Like, as long as they can get past that. Yeah, talk about elaborate on the altitude effect. 
it's like the air is thinner or something there for some reason. So I, I know a lot of guys, it affects some guys. Like it didn't really affect me, but when sometimes you go to breathe in, it is like a, ooh, like, you know what I mean? But um, I see like the running backs at times, I see them like on a um, breathing machine or something on the sideline like that. So I know it's like a little thinner to like, um, the air is a little thinner, like to breathe in oxygen. But um, that can affect, you know, some people. So I don't know who it may affect. But uh, as long as they can get past that and just continue to execute. And then now, is Jefferson back this week? He is, They say they're ramping him up. And then they're going to take it day by day. Last week, it was known that he probably wasn't going to play. We don't have that finality this week. It's it's a true coin flip about, you know, yes or no. Oh, okay. I would say him playing makes a difference, too. Because mm-hmm. even, I mean, I remember... Coach has to tell me just my presence alone, even if I felt injured or whatever, your presence there still makes a difference. Um, so his presence being on the field mm-hmm. will make people still feel like we have to guard him. We have to watch him. So that takes some pressure off of other receivers and things. So, yeah. I, so I, it depends. Like if he plays, is even though I feel like they're doing good without him, but I feel like they'll have more of an edge if him, with him playing. Agreed. I think probably the most important factor is – is Sean Payton painting a Norseman on the practice field this week? <laughs> yeah. He's a what? He uh, he had his his people put the Bills logo on the Broncos field to get his players ready for how it would feel in Buffalo on uh, what was that? Was that Monday Night Football? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is hilarious. But I feel like is he gonna just put it on there? <laughs> put a picture of Hawkins. You know, people are superstitious, yeah. so now all of a sudden, like you're putting Vikings one up there just because, like, <laughs> they get superstitious about things. Yeah. So, so Sally, you said um, uh, the last time I think you were on the show that uh, your tailgates are done for the year. So, what do you do the rest of the season for home games? You're gonna go to the game? Oh, so they won't be done for the year. Um, oh, my bad. I'll still, I'll still be at Monday night on the 27th, but I'm actually having foot surgery um, on December 7th. So the tailgate will still be there. I just won't be there. So I won't be like the host, but other people will be there. So you will. So be... I'll be at home. Oh, okay. With the, yeah, like, I won't starting, be there. Starting December. Yeah. So um, I actually just moved my surgery up a week today. So hopefully I can be there for um, New Year's Eve, but it'll be the two before playoffs, though. So don't yeah. worry. And that's another thing. Um, that <laughs> well, I'll... go ahead. I was saying I scheduled it for mid-December because I would be on break from school. And I'm also like, well, this team ain't going anywhere. So <laughs> I don't need to hang around. <laughs> I can miss Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And now I'm like, oh, my God, maybe I need to cancel it. I can't miss anything. Yeah, that is the weirdest part. So we're all um, riding this momentum or adrenaline that they've won five games in a row. But somewhat quietly, the games that they have won have given them really, really good tiebreakers for when playoff time rolls around. So that's why if you pull up any website, whether it's ESPN's FPI, the New York Times simulator, anything that casts playoff probability, the Vikings have like better than 75% odds to reach the postseason because all the teams that are going to be in the mix, like the Saints and the Falcons or even the Packers, if they got frisky, the Vikings have already beat them all. They even have the tiebreaker over the 49ers. So we have got to a point I kid you not that it will be weird if the Vikings don't reach the postseason. It will it will take another collapse, uh, like the, like the first three games. Speaking of that Monday night game, I want to get your opinion on this. They now have the power to flex Monday night football, but they have to give folks twelve days notice. And by my calculation, that would be today. And so 
Is it your opinion that they're probably keeping this Monday night matchup with the Vikings and Bears basically because Josh Dobbs, the story? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Bears are terrible, you know, too. So that's not, I I thought for sure that they would maybe flex it out because Mm -hmm. just there's not, I mean, they, for some reason, still year after year schedule uh, Vikings and Bears at prime time at some way, but it never really makes sense to me in Mm -hmm. recent years. But I think, I mean, I didn't get, we didn't get to watch the broadcast because we were both at the game, but I saw um, like some, a lot of clips and stuff of what they were airing, like Josh Dobbs on a rocket ship and as Mm -hmm. an astronaut, like that's obviously what everybody is talking about. So I think (laughs) as Josh Dobbs head falls off, I think um, everyone across the nation is just so into his story that they Everyone is rooting for him all over the country. Like the only person who dislikes him is Courtney Cronin, apparently. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think that's why. Yeah. That program around the horde said that he was milking the newcomer card so that the expectations were lowered about him, which is like, boy, you guys got some talkers, don't you? Yeah. It's, it's hard to believe, hard to believe they come up with that one. He Um, asked where the locker room was because he wants to play it up for more (laughs) attention. It's like, what? Yeah. You can't and, make it up. And what else did they say? They said, well, when he moved to Arizona, he said he didn't know the guy's names either. That's just his line. What? Well, that's because he was traded to I Arizona. I don't know if a lot of people don't like to learn everybody's name that quick, though. Some people you'll know if you just know football, you know some of the people on your team, but mm-hmm. that's 53 people in there. Like, I wouldn't know everybody's name like, in four days. Yeah, that's what the no! that's what the sh- the host of Around the Horn countered to Bill Barnwell and Courtney Cronin was like, you know, it's not just like three guys he's got to meet. You got yeah, that's right. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it, it was yeah, it was a weird talker. And the thing that didn't make sense about the Cardinals part when he said I have to learn everybody's name, they he got there two weeks before the season started too. So mm-hmm. you know he's been this like mercenary that comes in on the right. fly to be a QB one. So no wonder it takes time to get acclimated when you don't have a full off season. Well, there's a lot that you're trying to digest in one time. You're trying to get adapted to a new city, a playbook, your head coach, then the players, and like, it's like a lot in one time. It's like I don't got time to remember everybody's name. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. Like you know, so it is. It's a lot all at one time. It'll slow down for him soon, but at the beginning, it's a lot. Well, and he was saying today, I listened to a, a thing that he did today where he's like, look, at this point, when you get settled in, you're here for about two weeks, then it becomes about logistics. It's where am I living? Okay, now I'm going, where do I park? How do I, what door do I use? Where do I get in? It's not just like, like Courtney Cronin's like, Ew, it's the easiest, the locker room is the easiest thing to find at US Bank Stadium. How do you know where to park? How do you know to do any of these no, things? No, well, it's changed since I've been there. So it was for me, when I had to go there, I didn't know what parking lot to go in like mm-hmm. no it was not <laughs> it was yeah. easier at the old stadium but now it was like go across the road tracks turn here like well, uh, and that's, that's the different. stuff that people forget to tell you too because mm-hmm. it's just second nature to them so no one remembers to be like hey this is exactly where you go at what time and um i'm sure it's, well it doesn't seem like it but if it was me my brain would have been fried after six hours getting there but yeah. Uh, he's a genius for a reason. He is. Um, All right. Sunday night football is Vikings Broncos. The Broncos are favored by about a field goal. We will be back next week, I think, with a full panel. Uh, we'll see where Ron might be. Uh, and then talk about the team that will be hosting um, these Bears about five days from that point. So we shall see you in one week. All right. All right. Okay. We didn't do score predictions or win predictions. 
Yeah, we did. I, I think they're going to lose. You weren't sure. Oh, Brian says when. Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't. Yeah. I guess I just wanted you to change your mind. No, like, I was no. giving you one more chance. I was giving no, you one more chance. AF, AF, Vikings against AFC teams on the road never give me a good feeling. So, uh, well, yep. I'm going with a W. All right. Take it easy, guys. Okay. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.